You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a week 12 crossover Thursday, Locked On Titans, Locked On Panthers. We're going to dive into everything you need to know before this matchup, the storylines, the matchups to watch, maybe even some predictions, talk about where these teams are going in the future. Before we get into all of it, though, do want to let you guys know that this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKEDONNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. I am Tyler Rowland, local expert and host of Locked On Titans, here with Julian Council, local expert and host of Locked On Panthers. Julian, the the only real place that we can start here, uh, well, thank you for making Locked on Panthers and Locked on Titans your first listen each and every day. Get that in, your team every day. But the only place that we can start here with a team that's one and nine and a team that's three and seven is with the rookie quarterbacks. Both rookie quarterbacks have had some moments that haven't been so great, but I'm sure from your perspective, watching the team and knowing the team, you know that that's maybe not all on the yeah. quarterback, but overall, I guess, overall, generally speaking, what is your assessment, both good and bad, of Bryce Young so far this year? Well, well, first off, Tyler, it's good to, to get to talk to you, man, because I think it's the first right. time we've done a crossover. First it's good time, to be talking yeah. uh, the Titans fans. Again, I used to work in Nashville and cover the team for the uh, local ESPN station, 102.5 mm-hmm. the game. So happy to do it. I actually wore my Southern Grist uh, brewing <laughs> shirt because it's my favorite there brewery in Nashville. So I just thought I'd say what's up to the Titans fans out there and um, you know, what's up to you. But yeah, as far as Bryce Young yeah. goes, yeah, yeah, it ain't been great, man, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. It's been, uh, it's been a struggle. And it's not all on Bryce Young. Now, before I get to that, let me first say this. Bryce Young, as the number one overall pick, there were expectations that were placed on him by the coaching staff that he would be the most ready of this current draft class that just came out, mm-hmm. of Will Levis there in Tennessee, of Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis, and of C.J. Stroud. Clearly, that was not the case. <laughs> we have not right. seen Bryce right. Young look like someone – Who's even ready to elevate what's around him? I haven't mm-hmm. sat here and watched a ton of Texans games aside from the one that I saw that they played here and in a, right. two Sundays back when they had the win in Cincinnati. That's the most Texans I've seen. But it looks like C.J. Stroud has been the most prepared and maybe he's in the yeah. best situation. And I don't think a lot of people would have said that heading into the season. But Bryce Young's situation has not been great. So while Bryce Young has not looked as prepared as we expected – the receiver talent outside of Adam Thielen has been horrible. Hayden Hurst, who is expected to be a key contributor right. at the tight end position, is not even a top of the depth chart. He also may not play for the second week in a row as he's in concussion protocol. The run game has been more miss than hit, and that was really what the Panthers leaned on last year when Steve Wilkes was here in Carolina. You guys know about it because Deontay Foreman, when Derrick Henry went out, he yes. helped the Titans get to the number yes. one overall seed in yeah, the AFC. So the Panthers said, "Now nah, we're good. We don't want to pay $3 million. We'd rather pay $25 million for running back of Miles Sanders, who has not yeah. been good. And then the offensive line. Now, there have been injury issues. Brady <laughs> Christensen, the starting left guard, went out after week one for the season. Austin Corbett started off on pup, missed for six weeks. He right. announced on Wednesday is out for the season with another mm-hmm. left knee injury, this time an MCL, not an ACL. 
But outside of them, like the guys they put in there that they've drafted the last couple of years, whether it's been Cade Mays or Chandler Zavala, have not played well at the guard spots. They also have not gotten production out of their left tackle, Iki Aquanu, who they drafted That's six tough, overall yeah. in 2022. So Bryce Young, yeah, he has not looked great, and it's partially on Bryce, but a lot of it is on what's around him. And I didn't even talk about the all-star coaching staff and the play calling <laughs> that has left him in the dirt because of what's gone on so it's been a multitude of things tyler but i hope things have been better in tennessee because it feels like will levis has at least gotten people there in tennessee that believe that this might be the guy long term yeah well they it's been better by two wins it's how much better it's been it's two wins total but uh no i think when you look at will levis I think you're right about that. I think what we've seen from him when he's gotten an opportunity has inspired people. And maybe Carolina Panthers fans can't quite say that. But I think the Titans, and this is hard for Titans fans to hear, but the Titans offensive line might be better than the Panthers offensive line. I know that Titans fans right now are slamming their keyboards. No way. But but I promise you, if you watched enough football around the NFL, there are worse offensive lines and yes. some other worse situations. The Titans are definitely in the bottom five there. But Carolina could have the worst offensive line situation in the league, them, the New York Giants, and stuff like that. So while Will Levis has been incredibly hindered by the, I mean, Will Levis's hit percentage, Will Levis's pressure percentage is higher than Bryce Young's. If you look at, you know, on a per game basis. So Will Levis is getting hit too. But when he's given time on some of these long developing play action passes, some of the balls that he throws down the field, it's obvious that you've seen this guy can make any throw in the NFL. There is no place on the field that's off limits to Will Levis's arm. He can get there. Now, with that, there's some decision-making because he has that arm arrogance and that arm talent. He knows that he can get it there. But again, with, with the lack of receiver talent, the Titans wide receivers do not get separation. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL in separation at wide receiver. Um, even DeAndre Hopkins, who has played well this year and is still a good receiver, he's struggled against press coverage. If you give him off coverage, he'll get out there and he'll get open. But press coverage, it's it's tough for him to get off. So the Titans wide receivers don't separate. The offensive line isn't good. Um, I think the play calling has actually been okay. I'm not going to criticize Tim Kelly too much. So it's been better than Todd Downing? I, yes, it has been better than Todd Downing. Some Titans fans don't like that and don't want to admit that. And Oh, the points per game is less and all this, but it's just a much more creative plan on a weekly basis. Um, and when Levis has gotten the opportunities, he's shown flashes that you can see, okay, if you just get a little bit better around him, this guy's going to make plays every week that win you games. So while it's been bad and maybe the stats don't look great for Levis, especially after he kind of fool's gold, four touchdown performance, I think he's got a lot of talent, but maybe that set the bar a little too high. They were playing at home. Falcons team without a great pass rush. All those things come together. But I think, again, while it's been a lot of bad around him and Levis has done his own bad with decision-making, we've seen flashes from Will Levis that I think should have Titans fans inspired about what he can do going forward if the team gets better. And that's the thing, man. The flashes. That's I told right. Panther that's fans going see. into the season. The only thing that mattered this year, obviously, yes, you want to win games. You want to be in the yes. playoff hunt. You saw what happened when Steve Wilkes took over last year. And in an awful mm-hmm. division, they were right there and playing in a de facto NFC South title game in week 17 at Tampa. I understand all of that. But when you give up the form and you are pretty much turning over your entire skill core on offense and having a new coaching staff, new system, it's going to take time. The only thing that mattered was the development of Bryce Young. And the fact that Bryce Young has not developed to the point that we would expect for someone who started nine games so far this season, 
That's why I feel like this coaching staff is on their way out the door to being one and done. And that's the thing, at least in Tennessee, you saw it instantly four touchdowns yeah the falcons gonna falcon if any team's gonna give up four touchdowns (laughs) to a rookie quarterback in his debut it's gonna be the atlanta falcons we all know that but when bryce young had his debut he threw two interceptions had one touchdown pass he he didn't do that and we have not seen the offensive passing game because they have the same issues the titans have Mm -hmm. separation like the titans have one good receiver that's nuke hopkins the panthers have one good receiver that's adam Adam feeling the rest of it's like okay maybe nick Westbrook Akine can give you something every once in a while, but no one else yeah. for the Carolina Panthers is giving you anything consistently in a pass game. So, yeah, it's been much the same, it sounds like. At least, though, in Tennessee, y'all might feel – it's been – it hasn't had that many snaps. There have also been years where it's, okay, Tannehill, he's the guy right now. Maybe people mm-hmm. trying to convince themselves he's going to be a Super Bowl quarterback. I always thought that was mm-hmm. ridiculous. But good enough yeah. to get to the playoffs. But now it's like, all right, let's move on. Malik Willis clearly was not that guy. You see what – Will Levis does his arm talent, the physical stature mm-hmm. that gets you excited. Uh, Panther fans still question the physical stature of Bryce Young, his ability to have the arm strength. And it's a big not, man's game. Yeah, he just does not look the part and yeah. it does not make things better for the folks that don't believe when you see kind of how everything's been around him and also how he's responded uh, to this environment this season. So it'll be interesting to see because it's going to be another referendum game uh, for the Carolina yeah. Panthers and well, choosing Bryce Young. It's funny that you say that because on Locked On NFL on the Thursday edition um, that I do with Alex Clancy, I talked about how this might be a loser-goes-home game. If Mike Rabel loses this game at home to Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers, like that may be enough to embarrass ownership into making a move. And similarly, if the Titans go out there as a 3-7 and seven team with a rookie quarterback who was the last one drafted instead of the first one drafted out of the ones that people were actually paying attention to, That might be enough for Frank Reich to get canned because this is a conversation that I've been having with Titans fans recently. Although the roster is bad and the expectations are low, you still expect to see certain young players get better throughout the season. And it seems like in Carolina, and it seems like in Tennessee a little bit, you're not necessarily seeing that. So I think they're at different levels here, but I'm just setting the stakes for this is a big game for both of these head coaches. But we're going to continue breaking down this game. We're going to talk about some matchups that matter, talk about how we think the game might play out at the end of the show. Before we get into all of that, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. I love Prize Picks because you can put together a lineup in like less than 60 seconds. So here's how it works. Prize Picks has a projection for every player. Adam Thielen, four catches. DeAndre Hopkins, 50 yards. Bryce Young, 175 passing yards. Will Levis, one interception. Derrick Henry, 80 rushing yards. You see what I mean here? And all you do is you pick two to six players and say whether that player is going to do more or less than the prize picks projection. If you win, you can get up to 25 times your money. And prize picks has even made it even more fun to where you can combine NFL, NBA, different sports so I can do Derrick Henry touchdowns and LeBron James three-pointers. So make sure that you guys go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It's PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Julian, we are continuing this crossover Thursday edition, week 12, Locked on Titans, Locked on Panthers. Thank you guys for making us your first listen each and every day. We're going to have reaction episodes after the game to everything that happened, a ton of content for you guys. 
next week leading up to the end of the season and then the draft and free agency, which both of these fan bases may be intimately ready for. But with that being said, we are going to get into some matchup stuff here. Julian, go ahead. Tell us. I know you talked about the offensive line and everything. Is there a matchup in this game that you're looking for that that might help the Panthers get a win here? Yeah, Tyler, uh, fans are excited about the offseason because they think they're going to have a new head coach and general manager. But as far <laughs> as the draft goes, uh, that's kind of a, a touchy subject here in Carolina since they gave up their number mm-hmm. one pick to move up to get yeah, Bryce Young. And that currently is number one overall going to Chicago. So, yeah. They could use uh, DJ Moore still, too. He would be uh, a good weapon for your rookie quarterback. I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. They, they absolutely could have used DJ Moore. But, you know, <laughs> right. we, we, we move on. But as far as matchups, <laughs> I, I am interested to see how the Panthers are able to – line up there at the guard spots. That has been an issue, as I've talked about all season long, the interior of mm-hmm. the offensive line. It's not just the fact that Christensen's been out the left guard and Corbett's now out. He's only been able to play four games this season. It's that the young guys like it, that, um, like, excuse me, uh, Chandler Zavala, the fourth-round pick at NC State, who's coming. Right. He's played right guard for a game. He's started at left guard now for six games. He has not looked very good. Cade Mays, he's looked okay in the opportunities that he's gotten to Tennessee Ball, which I'm sure plenty of your listeners are familiar with. Um, right. Those guys have had their struggles. They cut Calvin Throckmorton, uh, who, who was starting. Who's on the Titans now. Yeah, Classic now, revenge game. Right. Information. Uh, get. They tried to steal him away. Tell us everything about the Panthers' offense so we can win in Week 12. <laughs> they can't block. They can't do anything positive. So I don't know what I can tell you. That's what Calvin Throckmorton right, right. probably told them. But um, he struggled when he was here. But he was not mm-hmm. nearly as bad as what we've seen from Zavallo, who – they cut Throckmorton to put him out there in the lineup. Now, Frank Reich mm-hmm. was being very coy as far as he would be there at left guard, at right guard, now that uh, you have Corbett out for the rest of the season. In my opinion, a guy like Nash Jensen, a UDFA out of North Dakota State, who has gotten a jersey a couple times a season, has yet to play a snap, I feel like it's time to give him an opportunity because clearly – Zavala is just not it right now. And the right. season's lost anyways. You should be thinking about the youth movement, trying to find some guys. If, they're, if this staff's going to stick around, you should be trying to find some guys that can go in there and actually right. help you. Because so far you've seen that Zavala has not helped you so at all. And I'm just very curious to see what those guys are able to do against a player in Jeffrey Simmons, who is an yeah. absolute freaking monster. So yeah. they have struggled so far when they played players of that caliber. And I am very concerned, like I am each and every week, how about Bryce Young's health? Now, Bryce Young has been sacked 39 times. Well, he hasn't been sacked 39 times. The Panthers have allowed 39 sacks, which I think is like right. one more than the Titans. These teams are fourth and fifth in sacks mm-hmm. allowed this season, uh, which is awful. Not as bad as <laughs> apparently Washington's like in the 60s or something. Yeah, like Washington is elite in the worst <laughs> way possible. <laughs> like what on earth? Now, I, as a North Carolina Ontario football fan, I know that Sam Howell holds on to the football too long. <laughs> but like, come right. on now. Uh, but I'm yeah, concerned. All him. I'm concerned about what they're able to do in the interior be able to protect Bryce, but also losing Corbett, that could impact the run game. The run game was pretty mm-hmm. effective with Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders combining for over 100 yards rushing for the first time this season. And without mm-hmm. Corbett there in the interior at that right guard spot, being able to anchor kind of the downhill rushing attack, which they went to last week, I'm concerned about their ability to run the football. I know the Titans aren't great against the run, but I'm concerned about their ability to run the football and also their ability to you know not have Jeffrey Simmons in Bryce Young's lap all day long. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And honestly, the Titans, maybe statistically, it's weird because the Titans held their opponent under like 90 yards rushing the first four weeks of the season. And then the next four games that they played, it was like 194, 140, 120. Like it was crazy. It was like Jekyll and Hyde night and day. And I think that 
the Titans are going to be more of the beginning of the season version of themselves against a bad offensive line because of what you're talking about. And yeah. Jeffrey Simmons absolutely has to dominate the matchup for the Titans. He's a $100 million player, and he needs to look like it against guys who are just trying to find their footing in the league, quite honestly. It's, it's a home run matchup for Jeffrey Simmons. And the Titans' pass rush has been hot and cold this year because Arden Key on the outside – Maybe hasn't looked like a full-time starter. Danico Autry does look a step slower as he gets 33, closer to 34. And then Harold Landry came back from an ACL tear, and he's really started to come on the last couple of games, which okay. ACL recovery, we are shouldn't be shocked by that, but he struggled early. So that helps, but this Titans pass rush has been hot and cold. And if they have a cold day against this Panthers team, the Titans have the tendency to be a get-right game. For teams, look, the Jaguars look terrible all year. The offense is terrible. They're burning it down in Jacksonville. They're, you know, six and three and angry because the offense hasn't looked good. Trevor Lawrence, oh, he's a star quarterback again after he plays the Titans. Calvin Ridley, terrible all year, quiet. Oh, two touchdowns against the Titans. It's a get-right game. I mean, yeah. even Matt Canada got got right against the Titans on offense and scored 20 points for his team and won the game. So I, I, if I Bryce know. Young has a get-right game here, that would be the worst thing possible, but that's only going to have a chance to happen if Jeffrey Simmons has a bad game and the pass rush goes completely cold, and I just don't think they will. On the flip side of that, the Titans offensive line, you talk about shuffling names. Jalen Duncan, sixth-round pick out of Maryland, came in and played the second half after an injury to Chris Hubbard last week against the Jaguars. And he played relatively well, especially in pass protection. Zero sacks, zero pressures, strong hands. Good balance, wide, did a pretty good job. But he might not play this week because Mike Vrabel might decide to go back to Andre Dillard, who is allowed the most sacks in the oh. NFL with 10, who is oh, allowed no. the second most pressures in the NFL with 36. Like you were saying about Zavala and, and, the, and the depth there, we know that Andre Dillard is not good enough to be a starter in the NFL left tackle. And we know that if you play him there, he's going to be the worst starting offensive lineman in the NFL. The numbers prove it out. He's only played nine games. Everyone else is 10, 11, and he's far and away the most sacks allowed in the NFL of any offensive lineman. So play Jalen Duncan, the rookie, at left tackle with Dylan Ravens at right tackle, which is where he's going to be playing this week, and see if you have something because, again, you're three and seven, and while you want to protect Levis, it's also important to develop your future and see what you have in some of these players so you can make smart decisions in the offseason, which is what really matters for this team now. So, for me, you're looking at the offensive line for the Panthers. I'm looking at the offensive line for the Titans. And I think whichever offensive line is worse in this game is probably the team that loses. Yeah, and look, it's a line of scrimmage game. I know we like to focus a lot. We talk, we start the show talking about quarterbacks. Okay, well, we've seen if they're not protected, it does not mm -hmm. matter because they can't do anything. I am far more focused right now on what the offensive line can do to protect Bryce Young. And also, kind of flip it around, because we talk about this, we're, look, we're focused on the offensive lines, but we're also focused on the two premier defensive tackles. Yours, yes. Jeffrey Simmons, Derek Carolina, Brown. Derek Brown, who's been awesome. He has been... And then Brian one, Burns added into it. Yeah, yeah, Burns on the outside. Like they, Those guys, they have to have a big day. And Andre mm -hmm. Dillard, you know that he is not a good football player because he was drafted by the Eagles. And the Eagles had the best O-line in football. And they said, you know what? We're good here. So if the Eagles are good yeah. there, then you should probably think about whether you want them. But it's just so funny to me because I know 
ahead of last season, there was a trade between the Titans and Panthers where the Titans got Dennis Daly. Oh, and I, had, man. I had someone hit me up immediately who uh, covers the team. And they're like, oh, so what do you think about Daly? It's like, there's a reason why Dennis Daly ain't here Teams don't anymore. give up offensive linemen, man. They don't right. do it. And this yeah. is a team that when going to last season was hoping the O-line would be improved, which it was, which has been part of the frustration this year. I know injuries aside, just the regression from this unit overall, considering that majority of the guys came back. They're all under contract again next year. So some interesting questions to be asked here in Carolina. But I just remember seeing all fall long, just Titans fans. I still have so many people like that in my in my timeline on Twitter who yeah. are tight, who will cover the Titans or talk about them. And just the amount of complaining about Dennis Daly, it's just... uh. I it see was, his name it, daily it, still. No pun intended. <laughs> I see his name daily still. So with that so being funny. said, though, we are going to get into some of our predictions or just thoughts about how this might go, not only the game, but the season for these teams. So we're going to dive into that in just a moment. Before we do, just want to thank you guys again for making Locked on Titans and Locked on Panthers your first listen each and every day. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, Titans fans, Panthers fans, we are going to cap off this crossover Thursday edition. Um, Do want to remind you guys first, though, about something really, really cool that we're doing here at Locked On. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with takes from local experts like me and like Julian, with coverage from our national shows as well. Make sure that you go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Be a part of history. All right, Julian, I got to tell you, I know some people don't like to do predictions. Some people like to do the predictions. Some people are hit or miss. I'm not going to lie. I think the Titans win big this week. I think the Titans are a better team. I think the Titans are a better coach team. Mike Vrabel is six out of his last seven against Frank Reich. I know that was with the Colts, but Frank Reich's got a worse team now. Titans are worse too, in fairness, though. But I just think Mike Vrabel has a coaching advantage over Frank Reich because of their past experience. I think the Titans have a better roster uh, overall, even though neither team has a very good roster. Um, And and I think the Titans are at home, and the Titans are 3-0 and when they play in Nashville this year. They've lost every other game that they played away from their home field. So... I, I just think the Titans are primed for a win here. They've been losing a ton on the road. They come back home. I think the energy is going to be good. Carolina doesn't have the fan base that will invade the stadium like the Eagles or the Steelers, things like that. That's another reality here too. So I think the Titans are just in a good spot here where they match up well, they have good advantages, and they're at home. I had the Titans winning this one pretty handily, like 28-13, I think is oh. where I'm settling. Okay. I mean, the defense in Carolina has gotten healthier. Now, J.C. It's, Horn. It's not terrible. Yeah. No, it's they, they've since the bye after week six, uh, they've been fairly solid Sunday against Dallas. Like they the only problem that they have is that they are just so undisciplined. They make the dumbest mistakes, the unnecessary roughness, uh, hitting quarterback late when he's sliding, just all that kind of dumb things that right, give to the Cowboys right. 10 points on Sunday. Cause they honestly were comp- that unit's been competitive for the most part. And now that you have Burns, you only missed one game, but Brown's been good. They've been able to get guys like Von Bell back recently, Xavier Woods. So both those safeties are back the last couple of weeks. And the hope is that on Sunday, JC Horn, 
their star corner, who has only been able to play a half this season, will be back after the hamstring. So he's right now designated return. Frank Reich said on Wednesday that we'll see whether he's ready to go or not. But the hope is that he'll be ready to play. Same thing with CJ Henderson, who they missed. I think well, he came back. I, I think he came back last week. Maybe he missed last week. Can't yeah, he missed last week with the concussion. So to get him back, then you would have your top three corners. That should help the Panthers out and being able to hopefully, you know, kind of stem the tide and not allow Tennessee to be able to put up 28 points. I think that's a team offensively from everything that, you know, I've heard from you and also I just know about the Titans this year. The Panthers should not be giving up 28 points to this 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 team. I think it's not if they're probably, a respectable defense. No, no. No. And and they are when healthy. The problem is they really have not been healthy, but they've gotten healthier. Right. They've been better over the last 4 weeks or so. So I, I do think this would probably be a low-scoring slugfest, a game that I mean, look, <laughs> it, on a docket when it comes to Sunday ticket Ain't nobody looking at one and nine Carolina and three and seven Tennessee unless they're a Panthers fan, a Titans fan, or a masochist, or both, and wanting to watch this football game. <laughs> so I, I think it's gonna be a low-scoring game. The Panthers have been underdogs all year long. I am not gonna pick them to win this game. I quite honestly am not overly concerned whether they win or lose. The only thing that I'm concerned about is Bryce Young's health and Bryce Young taking a step forward. Like that is what's important. Well, then let me ask you that question. What, what do you, what do you think this team should do going forward? You keep Bryce Young. Obviously you gave up so much. You have to do that. Do you think they should replace their coach and GM and look for kind of a new regime? I think they're going to have to. I just don't. Right. For me, I, I'm not someone who's like, fire this guy, fire that guy. I just think it's bad karma. And I mean, obviously, that's they're going to be fine. They're millionaires. But like, it was a story where Frank Reich, first quarterback in franchise history. It's kind of a nice yeah. story. Now, the better story was Steve Wilkes, who's actually homegrown here, here in Carolina, being right. able to, to get the head coaching job. But like, and I went to high school with Frank Reich's kids, so like I can see the sentimental value there. So yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know them. Um, but right. still, I do. Like I'm a human being; they're human beings. I, I don't take any joy in like saying like, "Oh, I want this guy fired." Like I, Matt Rule, it was time to go. Frank Reich, I just don't see a path forward because, okay, man, David Tepper, the owner here, is the main problem in Carolina. He's way too involved. Um, right. But you know, he wanted to go out there get an offensive coach. And someone who had experience because he did not have an offensive coach. Matt Rule is more of like a vibes guy. He doesn't have a specialty. It's just vibes. And clearly the vibes do not work. It works better <laughs> in college um, when you right. can like you can have a heightened play. Control field. everything. Yeah, you can control yeah. everything. And you can talk to players like the way he wanted to talk to Panther players, have the way of the Panther, that kind of nonsense. Like that works for 18, right. 20-year-old kids. Uh, that rah-rah stuff is for the kids. Yeah, yeah it d- doesn't work on adults, but he wanted to go get an offensive coach who had experience. And Matt Rule didn't have a lot of NFL experience. So in theory, I appreciate everything they did in the offseason by doing that, even though I thought Wilk should have got the job and earned the job and had mm-hmm. won over the locker room. I appreciate their aggressiveness and having a plan because they have not had a plan as far as a quarterback the last couple of off seasons. They finally demonstrated that. But when you have the plan to put Bryce Young around a veteran coaching staff that has an offensive expertise and this is the result, I just don't know how there's any sort of argument to bring them back next year. But this is not going to be an attractive job. The owner's way yeah. too involved. Uh, it's going to be, if it's a general manager, they don't have a first-round pick to work with. They don't. They have like six draft picks to work with anyways. And then it's a quarterback that you didn't draft. And then, again, the owner's way too involved. And then the head coach is going to have to be someone who really wants to work with Bryce Young. So right. I, I, it's it's it feels like that's what they're going to have to do. I just wonder, is it actually going to be better if they move on, just knowing that who's going to want to come here and deal with David Tepper? Yeah, 
Yeah, that that's tough. Too much owner meddling definitely can turn people off. And that there are conversations in Tennessee about just how much the owner is involved. What's the relationship? What's the hierarchy? Is is Rand Carthon, the new general manager, actually like over Mike Vrabel? Could he fire Mike Vrabel? Or, you know, what is there no way and Mike Vrabel is actually in charge of everything and there's an understanding that the team isn't good? There's a lot of mystery there. And if we knew exactly how it was kind of lined out, it would tell us a lot about the way this season is going and some of the responses that we've seen. But I think for the Titans going forward, I think you build around Will Levis. You're probably not going to have a chance at one of the top two quarterbacks and top two picks. So you're looking at Marvin Harrison Jr. maybe if it goes really bad, looking at two of the offensive tackles more likely, and that would probably be a good fit for the Titans as well. So I think where the Titans are at right now, because of the flashes that we talked about at the beginning of the show, Titans probably stick with Will Levis now no matter how high of a pick they get. And, and try to build around him. So it'll be interesting to watch how these teams build around the two young quarterbacks that they have going forward. Yeah, and let me ask you this. Because I know you, you talk about Braves potentially being on the hot seat, which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if you do do that, because, God, this is like an even bigger conversation. And if Ryan Day on Saturday loses to Michigan without Jim Harbaugh, like, you know, right. the Buckeyes are going to be like ready. Like, hey, please, well, I think the <laughs> bigger – thing that we should be listening to is Bill Belichick's probably done in New England after the season and Mike Vrabel during the Titans bye week went and was enshrined in the Patriots Hall of Fame and saying it's different here and this and that the Patriots have traded for a coach before and Bill Belichick and there's some rumor from uh, Ben Volan at the Boston Globe that the Patriots could be interested in trading for Mike Vrabel who's under contract I think that would be crazy because Vrabel hasn't had the pedigree that some of the these other coaches that have been traded for has but that would be something interesting. I get the Ohio State angle, too. At the end of the day, though, I, I think that last year, Mike Vrabel went to the owner of the team and said, hey, this roster's terrible. He traded the general manager of the past one, traded away A.J. Brown like yeah, a moron. John that was Robinson. one of the worst trades in NFL history. He whiffed on the first-round pick on Isaiah Wilson, our offensive tackle, in 2020. Whiffed on the cornerback, Caleb Farley, in 2021. This roster's terrible, and I can't coach this bad team. We're getting smoked out here. All right. And the owner said, you're right. I'm firing the general manager right now and we can hire a new general manager that works better with you in the offseason. So although it looks like Mike Vrabel should be on the hot seat or could be on the hot seat, I think if that is correct, I think that Mike Vrabel probably has a whole nother year because the Titans have $100 million in cap space and more draft picks this year than they did last year. So I, yeah. I think they're going to give Vrabel another offseason to build a team he wants. They, they should. I think. I think Vrabel's a good coach. I, I honestly do. And a lot of my know. lot of my listeners aren't going to like hearing that from you. A lot of well, them because young players are not getting better. You know what I mean? And that is kind of the judge of a coach, even with a bad roster. It's it's difficult. Like when I was there in Tennessee, I was there in 16, 17, and eighteen. So I was there for the end of Malarkey. Mm-hmm. When he mm-hmm. basically, I guess he got fired because he was so um, tied to Terry Rubisky, which to me is which still is insane. insane. But yeah. it, I did think that was kind of the right move to kind of level up there uh, as far as coach did. And I think they leveled mm-hmm. up Mike Rabel. And they've had pieces that they, they you let Conklin leave. Now, Corey Davis, that never worked out. Like the John Robinson, you yeah. mentioned, like it's like do you, John Robinson made so many do, bad moves. Do you vet some of these guys like Trey Tola and like his <laughs> whole thing at the bar on DeMumbrian that happened? And there right, was someone right. else who was with him there that day. Tajay I, Spears. Yeah. Or, not, Taj, Tajay Sharp. Tajay Sharp. Sharp. Yeah. Sharp. I mean, yeah. like what is going on with all that? So like Robinson, 
obviously was able to build winning teams, but just had so many guys who were just knuckleheads and misses. Mm-hmm. And then I, it was, he got fired right after the Eagles game last year. So I think he had like- bad connections, Julian. Yeah. I think I think he had bad connections to learn about who players really were. Like he didn't have good intel. That's how you miss on a guy like Isaiah Wilson, who's making rap videos and drinking lean and standing on cars and stuff <laughs> when he just signed the contract. Like that's how you draft guys like that because whoever is giving you, hey, he's a good kid. Pick him in the first round. He'll develop. Whoever is telling you that is wrong in the COVID drafts where COVID impacted the process in 2020 and 2021. That's where John Robinson fell off the rails and ruined the team. So I just think he had really bad intel. But I've been saying about Mike Vrabel this week, the Titans don't just need a rapper. They need someone who can make the beat. They need someone who can sing the hook. They need someone who can master the track. The Titans don't just need a driver like they needed in 2018 when Vrabel took over. They had a good roster. They needed a coach to elevate them. They needed a driver to drive the car. The Titans need somebody who can build an engine now. So I don't, I think Vrabel is a good coach. I do, but I don't know if he's the right coach for the Titans. I guess, I mean, I've been on the outside now for like five years, stealing my own mess (laughs) here in Carolina. But I just, from my perspective and some of the stuff I still see that comes through my feed, I feel like. Obviously, yeah, you talk about the roster is not good enough. Brabel went out there and said it as much. Right. They get a better roster. I do think Brabel is a good enough coach. And if they do get rid yeah. of Mike Brabel, um, he'll, he'll have another job. Like He will. He'll have a job, whether it could be New England, where you go with the college ranks. He'll end up getting a better job if they want to get rid of him in Tennessee. So I just think that's, from my outside perspective, someone who's been there, who's covered the team, who saw the right. transition, has also looked from afar and seen what Brabel's done. Like, come on, man. He got the Titans hey, of Ryan Tannehill. Some people said that in Indianapolis, too, about Frank Reich, though. Yeah. Oh, if you fire Frank Reich, he'll get hired. He'll get a better – He'll get both, and you just never know. But he, I mean, this guy took the Titans, man, to Titans with Ryan Tannehill to the number one seat. And I get I it. Things didn't work well that day. And Tannehill's he likes to he play that way, though, Julian. Mike Vrabel would win every game three to nothing if he could. He loves it. He loves he's a, it. He's a ball coach, old school like I Yes, like. exactly. But <laughs> with that being said, that's going to do it for this crossover Thursday for week 12. It is Thanksgiving as well for most of you guys listening to this. So happy Thanksgiving out there to everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Locked on Titans, locked on Panthers. Make sure you tune back in for game previews, game recaps, all of that. Everybody stay safe out there. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a good weekend.